welcome to this week's RYA Club Zone video. Today we're going to be looking at providing safety boat cover for club activities. To help me explore this topic, I'm joined by Sam Usher, who's the Regional Development Officer for the Northeast and is also a powerboat trainer, and Clive Grant, another powerboat trainer who also wrote the RYA guidance for the effective use of a safety boat in a coaching environment. Welcome to both of you. So before we go too far into this, I think it's worth having a look at what are the requirements and is there actually a legal obligation to provide safety cover? Um, Clive, is this something you've been looking into and something you can help people with? I think it depends on you know, what, where you're operating and, and are you a recognised training centre? Are you an affiliated club, the local authority or the, the waterway uh, owners? What is it that you have to comply with? It might be that you need to get back down into the, the documents just to see what actually you have to do, which is you have to do that anyway. You should be doing that. That's a mandate. Take away this COVID-19. You, you should always be uh, going along with what that authority says. So it, It's not a statutory requirement. It's not a legal requirement to provide safety cover. Um, but but we'd encourage clubs to always check with their landlords or, or, or authorities because there may be bylaws or specific requirements that mean that they have to have, um, have to have a safety boat on the water. And even before we use our safety boats, there are a whole raft of uh, preventative measures that we can put in place to, to keep our sailors safe as well. I think it's fair to say. What are, you, what are your thoughts on those and what, what would be worth highlighting for, for, for clubs? So preventing injuries, looking at the slipway, looking at how you launch and recover, but also how about on the water, containing the sailors in an area, using marks so that they go around to control them. And then in the boat, look at maybe wearing masthead flotation so that you're not going to get down into any entrapment issues or reducing the entrapment issues. Yeah, for sure. But there, like, there's, there's plenty we can do. I know some clubs are bringing in minimum experience levels as well before letting people go on the water or if they that there's one way of kind of slightly raising the bar or even kind of looking at it the other way and saying well you know normally we might go out in 20 knots of breeze for club activity but actually we're going to be more conservative so we're not going to let clubs um club members go out in in those kind of wind strengths we're just going to bring everything down a little bit and and control it more in that manner and obviously there's potentially some sort of extra pieces of equipment that clubs may be needing to consider to to put into the safety boats. Have you any thoughts around, around that and what, what sort of additional pieces of equipment might be needed during during this current time? Yeah, it's a hard one, Sam, isn't it? Is that, you know, you, you could load your boat up with a complete tent round it so that they're both at, both at the tent. It's not, it's not going to happen, is it? So <laughs> what can we do? What What is the essential bit of kit and what is the government advice and can we comply? Looking at what equipment's carrying the safety boat, a good starting point uh, is the checklist which is held in the RYA training centre guidance documents. Um, that checklist will guide you through all the sort of minimum required equipment um, and is a really good starting point to form the basis of the equipment to carry in your safety boats. You mentioned around sort of considerations out on the water uh, when you were talking just then and just sort of moving on to some of the techniques for for rescuing someone. Um, and yeah, obviously there's the issue there that um, 
you know, we're going to go into a rescue and it's that risk versus benefits. And of course, if someone's injured or, or in trouble, we're going to, going to go and assist. Um, just sort of thinking about the techniques, are there any adaptations that you, you think should be made there? Do, you know, can you explain to, to people around um, the standard sort of rescue techniques that are within the safety boat handbook? Or? Mm. I think most of the safety boat techniques would remain the same, Sam. I, th I think, yeah. you'd, yes, you would have to look at adaptation. I think the, the situation with either a windsurfer or a dinghy that is capsized and is at 90 degrees with the mast resting along the water, that going to the tip of the mast, grabbing that and just helping flick it up, you can do it any time. You don't need to consider social distancing you know, unless they've broken the mast. But if you are more than two metres away, yeah. so you can do that without facial covering. I think... For me, it would be the same as if I was within COVID-19 protocols or not. I would always stand off and have a conversation. What do you need from me right now? Do you need me to come in? If you do need me to come in, where can I go in which is safe? And I would approach the boat from that angle, either to the, to the mast head or actually to the forestay. If I'm going to work down the forestay to become closer to them getting within to, into that interaction maybe without social distancing then i need to make some more considerations and again going back to our first uh, comment was safety is paramount and in an emergency situation i would just get in there because i think even though covid19 is in place i need to get in and rescue somebody if if that is a real emergency thinking about if if crews are solo manned uh, what considerations might they be needing to to think about in that situation what safety safety boats are crewed with one person yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that, again that in some ways that makes it easier because you don't have the social distance within the safety boat so again communicate stop what do they need and what help can i give them it may be that you just pass them a tow line so the safety boat handbook does give you lots of guidance on how to rescue. Most of it, you'll be able to do. I think what you need to do is just think about those scenarios. How would we do it with the one person in my safety boat? How would I do it with two? And then how can I comply with these COVID-19 guidelines? That of course will then impact on, okay, so if that's my protocol, what activity can I do safely? Many sort of certainly uh, dinghy instructors are, are very familiar to being solo manned in a powerboat when they're when they're delivering dinghy sort of training sessions, um, and it's quite a familiar situation to be in the the powerboat yourself, um, doing those sort of rescue techniques from lifting the tip of the mast or walking the shrouds up or, mm. or sort of pushing down on a on a sensor board. Um, and I think there's as you mentioned the the techniques that are in the safety boat um handbook are, are still very relevant aren't they and and in the vast majority of cases they're all going to to apply yeah and i did i did take a look at it i just revisited it and there are some on the video where you can see the safety boat operators working on their own mm -hmm. and there was a man overboard where they no they didn't they went and rescued a pico single-hander and they got the crew into the safety boat um, and they manhandled that person in. Well, of course, that is probably not best practice at this time. So I think you would consider, so how would they get into the powerboat? And I think you need to consider 
how we're going to do that. Because yes, you can go alongside, stop the engine, do all those protocols, then what? How are you going to get that person from the water into the powerboat? Um, so Clive, you, you sort of mentioned around um, some of the, the issues of the sort of manual handling and, and breaching the two meter social distancing rules when we're trying to get people back into the water and, and that clubs might need to um, look at alternative ways of doing that. Have you, you any thoughts um, around some alternatives for, for how clubs can help assist people getting out of the water and into a safety boat? Yeah, well, it, uh, of course, there are bespoke things that you can fit to your safety boat, but that's probably a bit over the top for this particular time. But there are straps that you can put in to the boat. There's also ladders that you can buy, which a lot of high freeboard boats have, and you can you can purchase those. And again, each club needs to look at whether they're going to to purchase these or not. Boat specific again, some of them aren't going to fit on a rib if you've got big sponsons and a very small freeboard at the back. But if we look at basically getting somebody out of the water, and if we look at that video that's in the safety book handbook, they show different ways of getting people in. But even so much as if they are in the water and we have to get them out, just turning them to face away from you and then doing the old dunk on the buoyancy aid three times to then drag them out. Again, watching watching your back. If there's two of you, it would be easier than one of you. But turn them away, face them away, and then sit them on the sponsor facing away from you is probably the best thing that you can do. Um, and again, using face covering, using just your, um, what do they call it, those buffs that you can wear. So maybe the clubs purchase some buffs that they can just put up, because it doesn't have to be surgical masks. You know, yeah, these are sure. just face coverings that um, you can use. I'm aware of uh, several venues that are providing skills updates to their safety boat crews for the solo manning of safety boats. And it's also really interesting to hear and see how many venues are using tech, such as short YouTube videos and Zoom meetings to provide those updates to uh, policy changes that they may have made um, in relation to new operations and solo manning and any uh, COVID-19 secure policies that they have adopted at their venues where they've filmed sort of various different techniques out on the water that the safety boat's going to do and, and that's worked as a sort of double-handed thing in that it's it's briefed the safety boat crews at the club but it's also briefed the sailors so that they're aware of what's going to happen should they need support. I think there's been some really positive stuff come out of this COVID-19 trying to put a positive spin on on this and I know that it's been terrible this this social distancing, what we've had to go through is has been really tough, both mentally and physically. But I think looking at some of the positive areas, we've really looked at what we're doing and why, and, and revisiting some of this is really good, positive stuff. So Clive, we've, we've kind of chatted and explored about how we might um, create that safe environment on the water and safety techniques and all of those really important things. but. You know, I'm wondering about how we actually can maintain social distancing in a safety boat itself. Um, I guess it depends on the size of the boat, but but what are your thoughts on that? It, it again will be boat specific. It's the size of the boat, the beam of the boat, 
whether it's console steer, whether it's tiller steer. Um, so again, I would kind of look at how can we socially distance? Can we maintain this two meters? Well, it's going to be hard in a small little jaffa. Um, but then if you can't maintain that social distance, do we wear facial covering? How do we communicate? If we stop the boat, do you then go to different ends of the boat to communicate? So when you're driving, facial covering, you will get into that close proximity because one person might have to hold on to a certain position in the boat. There may be seating where you have to sit when you're going along. So then when you stop, what protocol are you going to put in place? Engine off, kill cord off, then separate, maintain that social distance, face masks down, use your whistle, then communicate, then face mask back up, back into that. So boat specific, um, layout specific, but stay safe in the powerboat. If you're going to go along at speed and there is two seats, then best practice says you should have your bums on those seats. You shouldn't have one in the bow and, and one trying to steer at arm's length to keep six feet in, in between you. Does that, does that yeah. seem appropriate? One of the things that I was kind of, when I was looking at this and I was thinking, well, okay, we can do all that stuff on the water. We can look at best practice, but what about the cleaning of powerboats and, and dinghies? How, how do you think clubs could deal with that issue? Well, there's definitely, um, obviously, as you pointed out, a need to, to clean and, and make sure that we're minimizing the risk of, of surface contamination, especially if we're having multiple people using different equipment. And it's that issue, isn't it, with a safety boat that the equipment within it is effectively shared resources. So we can feasibly see that it's going to be touched and handled by, by multiple people, potentially even throughout the, the one day. Um, but yeah, I would suggest heading over to the government website um, and there is um, uh, a good guidance on there for the decontamination in non-healthcare um, settings. Um, and obviously one consideration is the, the ecological impact of using all of these additional sterilizers and detergents and things and, and, and what runoff might happen if we're having to to clean down a whole powerboat and and using these additional detergents, whereas previously we might have just hosed it down with fresh water. Uh, and there's um, a good uh, sort of eco-friendly product um, available through um, EcoWorks Marine, which do a, a marine safe um, disinfectant, which is um, tested on, on COVID-19. So um, for that sort of environmentally friendly option um, that's that's also a good good place to visit it's going to be an important element isn't it going forward it's not just cleaning the boat it's it's making sure we're minimizing our impact on the environment so thank you very much Clive for joining myself and Gareth today um, for this chat um, some really interesting points being brought out uh, by yourself and I'm sure there's been lots of useful information for um, anyone listening or into uh, the chat. Um, for those people that um, are wanting to keep up to date with all of the latest guidance and uh, policies, please head over to the Return to Boating webpages, which can be found on the RYA website. Um, 
and for anyone wanting to update themselves uh, who may have missed the club development forums that we've been running uh, recordings of those can be found on the club development uh, web pages again head over to the RYA website for that so stay safe guys hope you keep well and uh, look forward to more discussions coming up in future weeks.